to be or not to be? That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die. To sleep. Cut! That was really awful. You don't expect to move people with a character like that, do you? My name is Patrick Nugent. On June 23, 2019, I started walking with Jesus. Come hear my story and the story of so many others whose lives have been changed by their walks with Him. Come walk with us. Hi, welcome. And thanks for walking with us today. In this episode, we're going to explore the character of God. But before we jump in, I want to ask you, would you be willing to share our show with a friend? If this show has opened your eyes, mind, or heart even a little toward Jesus, would you share it so we can continue to try to introduce people to the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible? Invite just one person to walk with us as we walk with Jesus. So, I studied theater performance for most of my life throughout school at the university level and in private study. I've tried to improve my ability to act, to play a character, to be someone else. Okay, so what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, we're trying to imitate Jesus. We're trying to be like Jesus. In our day-to-day -day lives, it's our job, if we're truly walking with Him and calling ourselves disciples of Jesus, we're supposed to try to be like Him. There isn't an example in the Bible of Jesus, how Jesus would be if He were the employee of a multi-billion dollar global corporation. So instead, we have to try to imagine what Jesus would do in 2023 if He were an employee of a big global multi-billion dollar organization. We are to reflect Jesus in everything we do or at least we're to try. And then when we fail, we ask forgiveness. And we get it. We are made in the image of God. So if we want to reflect that image, we need to know how. When you study the craft of acting, you learn that there are lots of schools of acting. There are a lot of different teachers who teach a lot of different things and, and how to best be an actor. One of the more famous methods is actually just kind of generally referred to as the method or method acting. This is a school of acting that was kind of formed by a man named Konstantin Stanislavski, and he wrote three books about the craft of acting. And this is the when you hear celebrities are doing crazy things and and they're not responding to their real name, and they're losing all kinds of weight or gaining all kinds of weight, and they're doing all these crazy things. And you read about it in the tabloids and, and online. Did I just say tabloids? All right. How old am I? Okay, so you read about it online, and this, that's method acting. We hear about guys like Daniel Day-Lewis and Marlon Brando, Jared Leto. There are several who are really well-known. Christian Bale who are really well known for the characters that they portray because of the dedication, and I'm using quotes around dedication, to the way that they play that character. And so that's one way. There's actually a really fun story about method acting. 
years ago in 1976, Dustin Hoffman and Laurence Olivier made a movie together called Marathon Man. And Dustin Hoffman is supposedly, you know, tortured and all of that. And so he goes through all of this like, kind of torture in his personal life so that he can better reflect the torture of the character in this film. And so he shows up on the set and he's disheveled and he, I guess he's just a wreck. And Laurence Olivier, this is, I don't know whether or not this actually happened, but it's beautiful. Laurence Olivier says, my dear boy, why don't you just try acting? There are a lot, a lot of other schools of thought. And so one of the more intellectual schools of thought behind acting is that you do script analysis. You go through the script and you analyze kind of every detail that you can. You start by going through the script and learning what your character says about him or herself. Then you go through the script and you learn what everyone else says about your character. Then you go through the script and you learn what kind of reactions you have to emotions like anger and fear and things like that. And that's how you start to begin to develop this. So if we are to be God's likeness here on earth, then we must learn what his character is. The first step of this is that we go through to see what God says about himself. And the first time we really see that is in Exodus 34, 6. According to Tim and John at the Bible Project, this is the most quoted verse in the whole Bible. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's Exodus 34, 6 from the English Standard Version. Did you hear those? There are five characteristics that God says about himself. They are merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and abounding in faithfulness. If I want to be more like Jesus and reflect the character of God, those are the characteristics that he calls me to. I have to be merciful. I look at a concordance, and I see that there are several other uses of the word merciful in the Bible. So I look into those stories and read the context and all that to understand how others who are merciful in the Bible behave toward the people who challenge them. And then I try to do the same thing. I once heard someone describe mercy as not getting what you deserve. So each day I look for a way to help someone not get what they deserve. I look for a way to show mercy to those around me. And it usually starts with understanding. I also have to be gracious. The quote I just referenced about mercy has a second part. If mercy is when you don't get what you deserve, grace is when you get what you don't deserve. It can be said that Jesus died on the cross for mercy and grace. Jesus goes through torture, crucifixion, one of the most painful and humiliating ways to die because I deserved that. That's mercy. And now, thanks to his sacrifice, I get to live close to God. I'm getting what I don't deserve. Grace. He gave all that he had, and he asks us to do the same. The next characteristic that's listed is slow to anger. I have to be slow to get angry. So, when one of my children pushes back, they push my buttons and really want to challenge me, I step back. I take a breath. 
and think how I can show mercy in this moment. How can I be gracious in this moment? But first, I have to slow myself to anger. And this is absolutely the hardest one for me. There's no way for me to sugarcoat that I'm genuinely terrible about being slow to get angry. Since I started my walk with Christ, I have gotten better. It's one of those goals that each day I want to be better than I was the day before. And some days that's a lot easier than it is on others. It seems to me that every person I talk to on this walk has one of these five that they do really well and that it comes naturally and it becomes part of their existing character. But every person also has one they don't do well. And it's really important to identify where you need to work so you can continue to develop on your walk with Him. For me, that is slow to anger. I get angry with my kids. I get angry in the car. Oh my goodness gracious, if you want to see me at my least Christian, ride shotgun in the car with me. The point is not that I'm a hypocrite, because I know that that's what when professing Christians who, who say out loud, openly, and publicly, I am a Christian, but when we are seen as not reflecting these qualities, that's when the hypocrisy within Christianity discussion starts. And then it escalates and get wor- gets worse and worse. And I am not making excuses for the capital C church organization as a whole. As a whole, throughout the last 2,000 years, the church has made all kinds of mistakes. But this starts with me as an individual. I can't make changes in the capital C church. It starts with me as an individual. And when I screw up, and I'm gonna, The first thing I have to do is beg forgiveness from my Lord, and He'll give it to me. Because He's merciful, because He's graceful, and because He's slow to anger. The next quality that we have to reflect is, I have to be full of steadfast love. What? What does that mean? To help with this answer, I again turn to the Bible Project. They actually have a video on YouTube and an entire podcast series on this characteristic and how to be full of steadfast or loyal love. Essentially, it boils down to seeing every person as a special, unique creation of God. Whether they are lost or think they're found, we all deserve to be treated with love. In Ephesians 6.12, Paul writes, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This verse exists among an entire letter from Paul, helping us understand how to imitate the character of Jesus. This verse is included to help us understand how to treat our so-called enemies, or the people who challenge us. We aren't wrestling against the person. We're wrestling against the cosmic powers over this person, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent or whatever other societal and cultural labels they may carry. They are a special, unique 
creation of God. And even if they think they have found a better way through some other methods or means, we love them. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's easy to love people who love you back. It's not easy to love and forgive people who don't love you back. But that's what Jesus calls us to do. I must be abounding in faithfulness. Sure, that's the easy one. How about you explain it to me, though, so I can make sure you understand? Faithfulness. How do you exhibit faithfulness? I suppose the easiest way to understand this is by answering a question. Can people put their faith in you? That's it. That simple question. Can people put their faith in you? We can put our faith in Jesus. We can put our faith in God as representatives of His character. If people can't put their faith in us, then we have work to do. This is another one of those categories where I have work to do. If you've listened to this show since the beginning, you know that, well, I wasn't always a Christian. I haven't always cared about people being able to put their faith in me. In fact, I have hurt, double-crossed, or done something to sabotage virtually every one of my relationships. I have not been full of faithfulness. Have you? And if not, what can you do to start showing more faithfulness right now? I've really wrestled with whether or not to bring all of the world events into this show. I don't want to be ruled by what's going on in the world. I want to be ruled by God. But there are times when I can't ignore what's going on in the world. It's important that I talk about the hypocrisy within church. One of the things that kept me away from being a Christian, and, and you heard this if you've listened since the beginning, you've heard this in the episodes with Jeff Fernandez, where he and I both came to Christ later in life, you know, he as a late teen and, and me as, at, a, at 40. And we talk about one of the things that kept us away from church was having some idea or belief of what a Christian was supposed to be, and then seeing the people that were supposedly Christians. Now, the problem is that you see it differently when you're on the outside. If you don't really take time to understand what someone who is a disciple of Jesus is supposed to be, then as an outsider, it's difficult for you to say whether or not they're doing it effectively. If you don't take time to understand what they're supposed to be doing, how can you question what they're doing? But when you take time to understand, the first thing you'll learn is, we aren't perfect. In fact, if as an outsider looking in, you're sitting there pretending that you are perfect, I tell my kids all the time, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, I yelled, or I did something else and I'm sorry. I want them to see that I'm not perfect. That for the perfect father, we look to Scripture. But I am human and I make mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes, and it's okay to own your mistakes and to say, I'm sorry. And the people who love you and care about you will forgive you. 
when I was an outsider looking in, I kept seeing all this hypocrisy, all of the people who claim that they love people and that they show Christ's love to people and that they do all of this, but then seeing their behavior and saying, no, he calls us to be truthful, but to be truthful with grace. He calls us to be merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The words that some of the other biblical translations use in these five characteristics are astounding. Here the ASV says, Merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth. The NLT says, God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. The NASB shows it as compassionate and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in faithfulness and truth. So you see these characteristics. You understand what Jesus is calling us to be. We nor anybody else are perfect at this. That we deserve grace. That we are doing our best. Loving someone and affirming behavior are two different things. And so as we walk with Jesus, we wrestle with how to love, but we look on everyone, not as people to wrestle with, but instead as beautiful, unique creations of God who may be under the influence of forces from somewhere else. Now we get back to, as an outsider looking in, I hear this language that I'm speaking now and go, hey, did you join a cult? Because I understand how this sounds. When taken out of this context, it sounds unbelievable. When you look at the world from the biblical perspective, it all seems to make sense. When you understand the story of the Bible from page one to the end, this seems to make sense. But when you're looking at it from another point of view, from another worldview, this sounds like it doesn't make sense. Come walk with us. As disciples of Jesus, it is our mission to be merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. When we're not, we confess, we apologize, we learn, and we move forward. That's part of mercy and grace. We receive that from Jesus, and then we give that to someone else. That's gracious. To receive forgiveness, even when you don't deserve it, feels amazing. We want to make other people feel that way. And so when we give them forgiveness, even when they don't deserve it, because what does anyone really deserve? And how is it our job to judge what someone else deserves? We give it. All of these qualities are such a challenge to me. Since I started this walk, it was, I was a few months in when I heard this podcast for the first time from The Bible Project, and I watched the videos and listened. I, there's a lot of episodes. And so ever since then, the idea of this episode and the idea of talking about the character, because this is how I relate, me personally, I understand that there are a whole batch of listeners that don't relate 
to scripts or anything like that, that they're not, they didn't go to school for theater. They don't do this kind of thing, and that's okay. I am explaining to people how I relate to the Bible, and the first way that I wanted to do that was to understand the character of God. Because the first thing that I wanted to know as a Christian was why the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament seemed different. And so understanding the character of God was really important to me. And as I understood these characteristics and how they are referenced throughout the rest of the Bible, if you're not super familiar with the Bible, Exodus comes second. It's the second book in the big library of books that is the Bible. It's the second book. So for the rest of the Bible, like the next 2,000 pages, it is referenced more than any other verse as they talk about God being slow to get angry, or because God is faithful, He does this, or because God is merciful, He does this. And so they get referenced over and over and over again. That just shows how important they really are. I am working on improving myself. I am working on being merciful, gracious, slow to anger, full of loyal love and faithfulness. I pray that each and every one of you will recognize these characteristics in their own lives and look for opportunities for where they can improve them. Again, friends, please like, rate, review, share our show. We love you all. Have a blessed day. Thanks for walking with us.